It is Tuesday, November 16th, 2011. This is the KOLL Podcast. Welcome into the podcast. As always, I am your host, Stefan Siggs. Today's episode is jam-packed full of some useful information and opinions, and I can't wait to get to that. First, let's take care of the front-end business and the KOLL's Week 10 action. The Long Island Beasts finally got a good game from Mahomes and Kelsey. And they defeat Austin 316, 156-129.92. The Heads pull off an absolute shocker, taking down the number one team in the KOLL, 133.46 to 102.22. The longest yard, just absolutely disappointing, really two weeks in a row, benefited from playing the Oracle last week. Didn't benefit as much playing the Melonheads this week as they were just too underwhelming. Speaking of underwhelming, Devontae's Inferno comes out and poops in his big boy pants, losing to Forever on Clean, 114.62 to 78.94. Another absolute stinker from the Oracle, falling to Nick Top Greg Bottom, 159.62 to 60.8. Then we had brother on brother crime. The Etlians take down the DeLongles 145.16 to 129.92. E.T. Etlians. Eventually, I'm going to get that name right and I'm going to stop fucking it up. But for now, I'm going to keep fucking it up. The E.T. Etlians pull off the victory over little brother this week. Um, and in what would have been our matchup of the week if we had that segment anymore? Who's Justice Beaver? takes down the Fictics with authority. Coming into this matchup, the Fictics were an 18-point favorite, and they lose by almost 90 points. That's fantasy football. That's the nature of the beast. You never know who's Justice Beaver, 183.52 to the Fictics, 94.6. Who's Justice Beaver played all the right cards this week. Got to give the man props. Patrick Mahomes with the Long Island Beast was the highest scoring quarterback this week. Highest scoring player overall at 46.24 points. As we say, as I stated earlier, finally got that good game with the five touchdowns. Um, Daryl Williams, the highest scoring running back, 29.4. And Debo Samuel, the highest scoring wide receiver again this week, 31.3. I'm starting to I'm starting to wonder who's going to end up leading the league in receiving yards. Cooper Cup or Debo Samuel? They both seem to be incredible on a weekly basis. Uh, I'm very interested. Debo Samuel is awesome, and you'll hear my opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit later. But last part of the business section here is your AP Top 12. The Oracle is number 12 at 1 and 9. They have lost 5 in a row. Austin 316 is 2 and 8. The Melonheads are now 3 and 7 after their second straight victory. The Thick Dicks are 4 and 6. 
The Long Island Beasts are 4 and 6, number 8. Number 7 is the E.T. Aliens at 5 and 5. Number 6 is the DeLongles, despite two straight losses. Forever Unclean is number 5 at 6 and 4. They have won four in a row. Devante's Inferno is 7 and 3. Who's Justice Beavers number 3 at 7 and 3. Nick Top Greg Bottom is number 2 at 7 and 3. They have won three straight. And number one, again, despite the loss, is the longest yard at 8 and 2. There is your KOLL Week 10 recap. Now we are going to kick it over for a conversation with Tony Romo, Arigato, Mr. Robato, Blake Bottles, and myself, Stefan Siggs. We're going to talk about the trade deadline coming up and talk about some trades that we think some teams need to make if they want to win a championship this year. Uh, you know, there's plenty of opportunity for about six or seven teams to make the right move to push them over the top. And we have some ideas, so take a listen. Think about it. Ponder. Trade deadline is one week away. So keep these trades in mind. Should you buy? Should you sell? Let's find out from the analysts. Welcome into the podcast. I got my friends Tony and Blake here with me uh, kind of routinely, and here they are again. What's going on, gentlemen? What's going on? What's up? Just excited um, so over uh, red hot melon heads over here. <laughs> they are absolutely red hot. Climbing those leaderboards. I don't want to shock you here. Uh, I know you're the melon heads owner, but um, you know the six teams make the playoffs. You're not out of it, bud. Hey, I'm just looking for those little fire flames that can come up on people's names. How many more wins do I need? One more. Do I, I don't get, get up this far. week. Do I get the fire flames? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's three, right? Three. You're three heating up. Four, you're three four. At the right time. Yeah, you're heating up. I mean, NBA Jam rules. One more, and you're on fire. <laughs> All right. So normally for the for this podcast, I'm sitting up in my chair. I'm getting a little rowdy. Uh, my my voice is going. I'm a little fast. I'm gonna slow it down today. And um. All right, so I got to be honest with you, gentlemen. Today I did something I'm not very proud of, um, and, and I'd like to share it with you, just kind of hear your opinions. Um, again, I want to preface this with I'm not proud of what I did today, but today I consumed a microwaved Pop-Tart. Ooh. Is this, like, is this blasphemous? Is this un-American? Is this, like... Uh, like, what did I do to myself today? I felt dirty, a little grimy doing it. But, um, that's like relighting a cig. I was at <laughs> work and it was a, it, I normally I just, I just shamefully shove a, a raw Pop Tart into my mouth, uh, right out of the package. But today I was like, I really just wanted it warm, but there's no toaster at, at the office, uh, the office. I work in a factory, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I just I, popped her in the microwave. It, it, well, the important, it wasn't the important question is what was the outcome? Because I, I mean, that to me seems seems on. I'll go American. That seems fair. But what what was the <laughs> outcome? Was it good? Honestly, in comparison to the raw, now mind you, I don't have name brand pop tarts. I'm not <laughs> rich enough for name brand pop tarts. So I got the Walmart brand, um, which which are already a little weird to begin with. Uh, 
I just really wanted it to be warm. You know, it was chilly out this morning. I wanted to have a warm pop tart uh, into my gullet, and so I just, I just went for it, man. You know what I mean? And to be honest, it wasn't too bad. I, I'm a maple and brown sugar. I'm a brown sugar pop tart guy. Um, Great call. Yeah. I didn't mind it. I didn't. I didn't mind it. I felt weird. I felt grimy doing it, um, but it happened. Here's my- Here's hey, a every trend starts from somebody, man. I mean, someone's got to get started. So maybe you just I think started a microwave a new thing. pop tart is like less scuddy and less worse than a raw pop tart. I think if you're raw dog okay. and pop tarts, there's something wrong with you. My <laughs> mother, growing up, if you tried to eat a pop tart on toasted, she would tell me she would say, "You can't eat a raw pop tart. That's like eating raw toast." It's a good point. That's a solid which is, point from this. Which is, which is just bread. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we got a lot to talk about today, so let's get into it. Let's get into some a little bit of trade talk. That's where we're going to start it off today. Um, I have some statistics on the KOLL and their trade habits. Obviously, there's been a whole lot of trades. Hold on. I got three pieces of paper here, and they're not in order. So I'm, I'm off to a good start. Um, here we go. Okay, so do you guys know who has made the least amount of trades in our league? Paul Sabino. The Ooh, good guess. Good guess. I'm going to give you a hint. The, no, no, no. The, I got the one. Winner, I got one. Zero. The DeLongles. The DeLongles have made zero trades. That's incorrect. They just made one. They, they uh, are now on the board with one trade. Did that happen today? That happened today, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, and it was literally, it should be counted as half a trade. I did this. What was the Not trade? It was, uh, I was sent it? him Kendrick Bourne and a 2023 um, Devontae's Inferno third round pick for Terrence Marshall. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, next statistic. Next trivia question for you. Who has made the most trades? I mean, it has to be one of us, right? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'm going to go with the me because my whole team is – I don't think I drafted anybody on my team. So <laughs> The Melonheads have made 21 trades to lead the league. <laughs> the Oracle is at 18. Who's, who's Justice Beavers at 11? So, yes, it's the three of us, really. Um, how about this, though? Who has traded the most assets? I don't. I mean, I would think it's the Oracle of Melonhead. I'm gonna go it's with actually the Long who's Island Justice Beaver. It's actually yeah. who's Justice Beaver with thirty four. Okay. okay, a lot of first round picks. A lot of that Dak Prescott uh, trade. There's a lot of. Bought in a lot of picks and then traded a lot of picks away. So that yeah. CMC that. trade. All right. So anyway, as we talked about yesterday, I wanted to deep dive on a couple of trades that have gone down in our league. I I went pretty deep on three of them and it took a long time. So I I kept it at three. Um, Unfortunately, the first one I deep dove on is really boring. So I'm not even going to bother with that one. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it. Forever on clean, the original trade was Carson Wentz for Rob Gronkowski and Hollywood Brown. Um, Forever on clean ended up 
trading Carson Wentz, Odell Beckham, and a second-round pick for Evans, Carter, and Gronk. That's technically how that worked out. Kind of an even trade all across the board. Whatever. Um, what do I got? The Melonheads. Hold on. What did the Melonheads get in this trade? They got Wentz, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so they, they and added – trade of <laughs> for like a bunch of things yeah so um maybe i wrote this down wrong oh i have that he got you know what fuck that one i don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I wrote. <laughs> i'm so confused okay here's the melon heads and who's justice beaver trade this was the dak prescott mac jones deal so all in all we had the Melonheads trade Dak Prescott and get in return Elijah Moore, two firsts, two seconds, Zach Wilson, DJ Moore, and Daryl Henderson. I think that's a hell of a haul, to be honest. That absolutely is. That's a hell of a haul. Okay, and I know this was kind of a big topic of conversation earlier in the season. It was the Who's Justice Bieber Thick Dicks trade involving Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey. So on the Who's Justice Bieber side of this, it seemed like an absolute steal. And then, um, you know, he turned around and he made some other trades, and I think it kind of turned out pretty even. Listen, Listen to what happened. He ended up trading Chase Claypool, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Carter, Antonio Gibson, and a third-round pick for Jamal Williams, Nick Chubb, Hollywood Brown, Jerry Judy, and two seconds. That's, I mean, it's, I guess that worked out pretty even. So it wasn't nearly as fun as I had hoped it would be to <laughs> do that deep dive. Um, but I said I would do it, so I, I did it. So yeah. there you go. Okay, now we are coming up here on the trade deadline. That is next week, week 12. Um, so we, as a, a as podcast hosts, decided to go through and uh, propose some trades we think teams need to make to win a championship right now. And we are going to share those trades with you. So um, – uh, hey, Tony, why don't you tell us your first proposed trade? All right. So my first trade, a little basic, but I got Teddy Bridgewater going to Who's Justice Beaver for a pair of seconds. My rationale here has a really strong team. The one flaw is the quarterback position. Teddy Bridgewater has been strong enough to hold on to it. Um, obviously the issues with Tua, I don't really trust him right now. I think Teddy Bridgewater has been consistent and it kind of gives them the flexibility (laughs) of potentially having that third guy if they need it. Um, or possibly using Bridgewater instead of Tua because he's been pretty much up and down the whole season. Uh, I think it's worthwhile to protect, protect them, uh, in the playoffs. Okay. Uh, I do like that. And uh, 
to counter that trade offer, I have a trade offer where who's Justice Bieber makes a move for a quarterback as well. And this one's a little bit more of a blockbuster. I did try to not include too many draft picks when I was making these trades just because I didn't really know who had what draft picks at this point. I'm pretty sure the Oracle and um, the Melonheads have the majority of them, so I couldn't add too many. So what I went with is who's Justice Bieber trading Tua, Tua Tagovailoa and Kyle Pitts. That's right. I said Kyle Pitts to the Long Island Beasts for Daniel Jones and Travis Kelsey. And it sounds crazy um, when you think about um, Daniel Jones being in a step up from Tua. However, we haven't seen Daniel Jones with his full repertoire of receivers and coming off the bye. They're really starting to get healthy. And um, obviously, Travis Kelsey is a current this year upgrade over Kyle Pitts. However, Kyle Pitts has the highest ceiling I've ever seen in my life. And Long Island Beast may be tempted into making that trade. No, I like that trade. I think that, that that's good for both sides because it – helps the Long Island Beast in the future with the quarterback position. I don't think Daniel Jones is someone that you look at in the next – I don't know. I don't really – I'm not a big believer in Daniel Jones, but it stabilizes the quarterback position similarly to the trade I presented for who's Justice Beaver, and it also gives uh, some future assets to the Long Island Beats. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. I was kind of looking at teams who, who realistically aren't champions – championship material and trying to help them in the future and uh, give these teams who are really honest to God championship contenders a shot to win it this year. That's what I was going with. Uh, hey, hey, Blake, you got any trades uh, to go with that? Yeah, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll even top that one with throwing the names around. Um, I have who's Justice Beaver uh, sending to a tug of Aloha and a 2023 thirst first round pick to the thick dicks for Aaron Rodgers. Um, who's justice beaver. I would consider one of the, as I spoke on here before, you know, one of the, the favorites, but, and like they have Dak, but I think they really need that second good quarterback. Like was talked about. Um, obviously there it is for Aaron Rodgers. Um, quarterbacks are really expensive in this league. Uh, Rodgers, there's a lot of controversy. He has an uncertain future. Um, and he's old as shit, um, but he's still playing at a high level. So I think um, who's Justice Beaver would be doing himself a service here and getting a um, a quarterback that has very good value for right now. Um, and the Thick Dicks, I mean, they made a move trading DJ Moore uh, and Daryl Henderson. So that signals to me that they're going, um, that they're not win now, that they're win later, acquiring some assets for the future. So here they get Tua, uh, who I personally don't like, but I'm wrong all the time so um, <laughs> um and he, he's a young quarterback you're getting and you're getting a first round pick so that's that's helping the thick dicks build for the future um who's justice beaver that's getting them a really good uh quarterback for their playoff push give yourself some credit you're you're the 12th best and you're the 12th best expert <laughs> in the koll Okay, uh, so we discussed this earlier today, and we all have an Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, so, Tony, why don't you give us your Aaron Rodgers trade to keep it the trade? So, I'm, I got Aaron Rodgers going to Forever Unclean for Michael Carter and the 2022 first and the 2023 first. That's a 
little bit more than what uh, than, uh, the previous trade was was giving for Rogers. <laughs> but my, my thought, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my thought process here is is I think for Forever and Clean to win the championship, they need a little bit more out of the quarterback position. Baker Mayfield has he's been mediocre. I mean, if you look at the list, he's not even had as good of a year as Taylor Heineke or plenty of people. I've kind of was going through it today. And I think when I see the thick dicks, they need some future assets. And Michael Carter to me is a going to be a top running back and he can fill in for Dale, Daryl Henderson, which he just gave up. Uh, so that was my thought process there. Yeah, I like that. I mean, these are all we we all kind of agree on on Rodgers being a trade target because we we don't see the thick dicks making it to the championship. I mean, they they have potential, but overall, I don't see it. Uh, mismanagement definitely because they are one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Just overall, just mismanagement. As you know, we know the owner. Um, love the kid, but. Uh, <laughs> And I will say my other thought is with the two first versus uh, just one is I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year. So I think that there's some value going into next season. I don't think it's necessarily just a rental through the end of the year. Uh, I think forever unclean or whoever would get Rodgers is going to get one more season. And I assume it would be with, with a good team if it's, you know, maybe a potentially the Steelers or the Broncos or someone like that, where Rodgers could really contribute. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Rodgers is absolutely going to play next season. I, I'd i be surprised if we don't have three more seasons from Aaron Rodgers. I just don't believe it's going to be with the Packers. Um, I think he's on his way out of there, which is pr- maybe beneficial to, to be the Rodgers owner in the long run there because, uh, uh, you know, the Packers don't do a good job of getting him proper weapons. Um, and it's unfortunate because he's one of the greatest of all time. Um, and I gotta say, you're a Jordan Love owner too, so that's also cool. <laughs> yeah, or it could just be more disappointing for the Jordan Love owner because the Jordan Love Love owner is gonna have to watch Jordan Love play football. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so I have a Rogers trade as well, and I gotta say, as I'm looking at the trades, I I did actually. There are a lot of big names here, so this is actually kind of interesting. I have Nick Top Greg Bottom sending Kyler Murray and Keenan Allen and a first round pick to the thick dicks for Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we we know the thick dicks uh, is actively shopping Christian McCaffrey. If that's actually what's going on or not is yet to be seen because uh, he definitely doesn't uh, accept too many trades. But here, here's what we got with Nick Top Greg Bottom. We know Kyler Murray is when he's healthy and on the field, he is arguably the top fantasy quarterback in the league. However, he is banged up. He is not really playing, and when he has been playing, he hasn't been playing well. Um, uh, as he recovers from this injury, Nick Top Greg Bottom really needs to get victories. If he wants to win a championship, he's got to win some games. 
Um, and I think making this move for Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, Kyler, Kyler and Keenan Allen are great assets for the, would be great assets for the thick dicks along with that first round pick. Um, they would be great assets for not, not only the, I mean, he could still be competitive this year with those two assets and in re, replacing McCaffrey and Rodgers. Um, and, but I think for the for Nick Top Greg Bottom, this is a win now move that I believe he needs to make something similar to this. Um, I know it's crazy to give up on not give up on Kyler this early, but um, just like I said, in terms of trying to win a championship this year, I, I think this is a great move for Nick Top Greg Bottom and something he should he should consider. Yeah, my only concern is, and I wanted to bring this up, and I hate to just piss on the fire of anyone trading for Aaron Rodgers here, but it, you know stats, he's actually a four sometimes because he missed the game because of COVID, I understand that, but it, it's kind of a mixed bag I, I, that's the only the only question I have on the trade you just provided I almost think that would be a downgrade quarterback going from Kyler to, to Rodgers <laughs> Uh, it, yes, if, if Kyler's healthy, but we haven't seen him healthy, uh, for at least four weeks now, he hasn't played in the last two, uh, don't expect him to play again this week. I actually, I had Rogers as the ninth quarterback on the season. That might be, uh, average as opposed to total points. Um, so it's not, it's not like a crazy downgrade. Uh, does Rogers no, have number one overall potential? Maybe he doesn't. And Kyler does, but in terms of winning a championship this year, Kyler Murray with the injury going on, not just to him, but his weapons around him. Uh, I, I worry about Kyler the rest of this season specifically. And that's why I think this is a, this is a worthwhile trade for Nick top Greg bottom. Fair point. Fair point. Okay. Where are we at? Tony, Tony's up. Tony, you got a trade? I, got, I do. I got the, I got the thick dicks again on the board. They're wow. going to trade wow. Cordero Patterson to Nick Top, Greg Bottom, and they're going to get Michael Thomas and a 2024 first. My thought process there is uh, Nick Top, Greg Bottom, strong team. Other than you know, we all kind of said they should be interested in a quarterback, but. The, the running back position is a, is a struggle right now for them. I don't know how much more uh, Cordell Patterson has left in the, in the tank as far as if he's going to really be the running back in the next couple of years. But I think right now he's a guy that's producing 16, 17. Can really put them over the top as their second or maybe some weeks. Well, with Najee Harris, probably not. But first running back. Uh, and then for the Thick Dicks, they just traded DJ Moore. You're not getting the youth of DJ Moore from Michael Thomas, but I still think he has gas left in the tank. The Saints expected him back until he got that second injury. And just to kind of ease that injury concern, I threw in that first-round pick um, to to help ease the, the concerns there. Yeah, um, I I understand. I do understand that trade logically. Um, Cordell Patterson has been awesome all year long. Uh, here is something that I am worried about with Cordell Patterson. Again, not to shit on your trade offer either, <laughs> but um, something that I'm worried about with Cordell Patterson. You kind of saw it a little bit this week 
Um, with with Calvin Ridley not being there, the re- the rest of the Atlanta's receivers are not good. Russell Gage is not good. Zacchaeus is not good. They're not talented at receiver, and uh, they they put Patterson out at receiver more than they had previously, and um, he was not nearly as productive. He also had an ankle injury in the game. Um, I I worry a little bit about the Cordero Patterson uh, usage the rest of the season, uh, especially, I mean, I know it was garbage time, but Wayne Gallman, uh, <laughs> I mean, he looks pretty good. I I was surprised. Um, I, I watched a little bit of the highlight. I mean, he ran it 17 times. Wayne Gallman, I think Mike Davis is probably just about dead. Uh, I, I definitely don't want any part of that. But I do worry a little bit about Cordell Patterson maybe going back to playing primarily wide receiver as opposed to the, what he was doing a, as a runner. Um, yeah, I think the big thing there is what's going to happen with Ridley. Um, it's It seems pretty unclear when he's going to come back. But the other thing, um, to the not to the Falcons' credit, but to Cordell Patterson's usage is that game – got out of hand quickly i mean that got away from the falcons pretty much as soon as the kickoff so i think they were they were just trying to make sure the, the they were trying to get water out of the boat and doing a bunch of different things because that that was a mess i mean that was like Go poor high school football type of ass kicking on sunday and i'm not just saying that as a cowboys fan that was like okay i don't really want to watch this game either because it's really not that entertaining yeah, it was it was really bad. That's kind of something that I'm worried about with Atlanta's offense. I'm, teams are doubling Kyle Pitts, who is uh, hands down their most talented player. Uh, they're doubling up on him because the receivers aren't good, and uh, I worry about him and and Patterson. You know, Pitts and Patterson both the rest of the season, um, kind of getting all the focus because, like I said, they're just not they're just not good. You saw it with Matt Ryan this week trying to throw to those guys. It just wasn't good. I'm, I'm worried about it. Anyway, Blake, did I skip you? Um, I'm not sure, but I will go. Um, <laughs> so I also have uh, Greg Top, Nick Bottom. Uh, I have them as Bottom <laughs> as well. I, I love that he does it backwards. It's so funny. <laughs> I think it's uh, it bothers me to like no extent that he put me on the bottom. I'm a top, and that, that pisses me off. Jeez, um, but I have them as buyers, uh, and I I think they're all in. Um, Tony, I differ from with you with uh, Forever Unclean. Um, so my next trade I have is I have Forever Unclean Unclean trading James Conner to Greg Top Nick Bottom for a 2024 first round pick. Um, and the logic behind here is just forever and clean, I think, needs to be looking towards the future. Um, they only have one quarterback. Um, again, you had them trading for a quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't see them wanting to give up the assets to trade for a quarterback. Um, you know, they can't win with Baker Mayfield, who's battered. Um, but again, like, they have a lot of nice – forever and clean has a lot of nice building blocks. So here's a first-round pick, you know, help them out in the future. Um, James Connors exceeded expectations. He's in Arizona on a one-year deal. I don't know his future, um, but I do know he's playing incredibly well right now. Um, and Greg Topnick Bottom has been playing musical chairs at running back all season. Um, he's sent out some ridiculous – he's made some ridiculous trades. He has tried to get stability at that running back position. 
Um, so with this trade with James Conner, I feel like he finally does. And I feel like forever unclean gets good value for him for, to help build for the future. He can use that draft pick to either draft a player in 2024 or make a trade for another young player. Uh, I think it's just, it's a win-win. Uh, so, so what, what, what's your opinion on forever unclean? You think they're a seller? I, I think they should be a seller. Okay, I I'm totally, gonna. I'm, you go first. You go. First. Go ahead. No, no. I was. Just uh, okay. Say, I. I, <laughs> <laughs> I. I'll just get it out. I. I don't think they need to be a seller, but I think they either need to get another quarterback or they need to sell because they're not going to win with this mix. I mean, I think I. To be honest, if you asked me a couple weeks ago, I would have said they should be a seller, and I think I've even sent trades in assuming they were going to sell. And huh. to their credit, the they lost a lot of games where they were like still the third or fourth most points in the in the week. So I think they kind of saw like okay, eventually it's going to start to work out, and it has. He scored one hundred fourteen points in his last win, so that 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 like that's true, but is balancing out. They scored one hundred and sixty, one hundred seventy points, and they lost. And and that's why I'm saying I think that to their credit, they stuck it out, and they've ended up winning a bunch of games, but you got to figure out the Mayfield situation if you think you're going to win a championship this year because Baker Mayfield's not going to produce enough points. Um, and whether it's trading for a big name like Rodgers, trying to get a Tua, trying to get a, a Heineke, trying to get a Teddy Bridgewater, whoever it is, somebody that can get you 18 to 20 points, I think that that's the move that they have to make if I, they want to be buyers. I, Otherwise, I you got to move on. I just on. don't see the de- the depth on the team. Um, you talked like there's Devontae's Inferno. There's who's Justice Beaver. There's Greg Topnick Bottom. Um, there's all these teams that have made like several trades over the course of the season to have gotten better. Um, and Forever and Cleans just kind of stood pat um, while everyone else has gotten better. Um, I don't. I mean, their their bench is a barren wasteland. I don't um, – unless, like, like it's the NFL. Injuries happen all the time. Um, unless, like – I mean, there is a, a world where, like, everyone stays healthy and Justin Herbert scores 40 points a game down the stretch and he can, you know, win. But I don't – I just – that's a low probability of happening in my opinion. Okay, so here's my opinion on Forever on Clean. I was thinking about this today because I was looking at the current projected um, playoffs, the, the playoff bracket. If the season ended today, I was looking at the playoff bracket. And here's what I want to tell you. I do not well, – I am currently the three seed for the playoffs. I do not want to be the three seed. I do not want to play forever on Clean in the first round. Uh, I think they are a championship contender. I – I agree with you that their bench is not good, but the starting lineup is. And I, I, I want that first round by very, very badly. I do not want to play forever on clean the first round. It scares the hell out of me. Just, yeah, they just, also have had some injuries. I mean, you look at, you know, Claypool that's bothering him, and that doesn't really, whatever. But, you know, Claypool and Clyde Edward or uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to come back, which, which will help the depth to, uh, to a degree. So I sort of agree uh, with, with your point there. Um, but to, to go back to what I was saying about their schedule, I mean, you look at, give me one second. Uh, you look at some of these losses here where they, 
scored 161 points. They scored 173 points, and they lost. They scored, and those were their two big ones. I mean, those are typically wins. If you score that many points, you kind of think you're going to win throughout the week. And if you add those two wins, you're talking about a team that's what eight and two. Well, it hurts really bad when you score that much and you don't win. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. So, so again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared by Forever Unclean. I don't want to play them in the first round. I do think they're buyers, and I do have them acquiring a quarterback in a trade. And here is that trade: Forever Unclean trades Baker Mayfield, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and Jacoby Myers to the Etlians for Jalen Hurts and Travis Etienne. Um, I know, first of all, the the E.T. Elians, I said it right that time. Nice. The E.T. The e. Elians uh, really like to to acquire and then sell Travis Etienne. <laughs> I think he's a good piece for the future for Forever Unclean. While I don't see Jalen Hurts being a asset for the future, I do see him as a league winner type quarterback. This year in particular – uh, and he has been playing much better. Obviously, not throwing the ball 40 times is helping him. Uh, just kind of a normal flowing offense. This week in particular, he actually looked like a capable NFL quarterback. And it was it was good to see. And with that running floor, he has elite fantasy quarterback potential. And I think Forever Unclean needs to move on from Baker Mayfield and make that acquisition uh, I know he's a, a Cowboys fan and may not want Jalen Hurts, may not believe in Jalen Hurts, but the fact of the matter is Jalen Hurts is a great fantasy quarterback. And if Forever on Cleans believes himself a championship contender, I think this is the type of move he needs to make. I actually – I really like that trade a lot. Um, I feel like, uh, like you said, Jalen Hurts is a guy that I think is quarter, – quarterbacks are expensive in this league, and I think – Jalen Hurts is a guy that's easily obtainable. Um, so that's a really good trade. I like that a lot. Thanks. Yeah, I put a lot I of agree. stuff in there. I agree with you. I the only my only con- <laughs> my only concern with the trade is I do believe, and I know I I'm eating words that I said on this podcast weeks ago. I I'm starting to believe in Jalen Hurts as a fantasy core. All faith in Baker Mayfield. I used to love Baker, but. <laughs> That's my only concern there. That uh, is is that part uh, else about the trade. I really I think, think it- we all agree that Forever Unclean would be in a really good spot to to upgrade or sell. One hundred percent. I'm not giving up on Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield has a longer. Uh, career as a starter in the NFL than Jalen Hurts. Uh, I wish he could just freaking stay healthy because when he's healthy, he's awesome. Unfortunately, with uh, the injuries piling up and the overall lack of weapons, I mean, is Donovan Peoples-Jones a number one receiver? Because he oh, kind yeah, of yeah. playing. You, you believe he's a, a, a an NFL number one receiver? I mean, I I picked him off off the waiver wire or something. No, that's that's fair. I believe he's I believe he's a solid NFL receiver, but to be a number one for an NFL team, that's hard to believe. Then again, the Jaguars' number one receiver, his name is Dan Arnold. So it's, it's so funny though the 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 uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. It brings up a point that I didn't know how if it would fit into today's podcast. But at one point, each of us had Don. 
and the two of uh, me and uh, Tra- or, uh, Stefan Siggs here got rid of them. And at the end of the day, we might have wanted to keep them. And it's kind of funny how I feel like the one Eskimo thing in, brothers. in this league is we made so many moves right off the bat. And in hindsight, no one waited patiently. Like I think about Carson Wentz too, where Carson Wentz, was he on all three of our teams? And now we're sitting at a point where, damn, I really wish I had Carson Wentz as one of my quarterbacks. But it was that quick trigger of, oh, I should probably just get rid of him, see what I can get type of uh, mentality. Well, I relied on Carson Wentz all of last season, and I I didn't touch him, so I didn't have any Carson Wentz. Um, Who was who? Oh, Donovan Peoples Jones. I drafted Donovan Peoples Jones, pretty sure, and uh, I think I dropped him after week one for KJ Osborne, uh, which I rubbed in everyone's faces. Ha ha ha! (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we go through the trades, I was thinking about it too with you know, how there's so many playoff teams. Like I was going through the top four and I think I consider who's justice Bieber to have like one and a half quarterbacks. And then the rest of the top four had two. And I think the only teams that really had three were like the, maybe three of the bottom and, uh, and so, so it's kind of interesting because I personally think, especially with these bye weeks late in the year that, three quarterbacks are going to matter. And I think a playoff team is probably going to lose because they only have two quarterbacks and one has a bye. Or if somebody gets hurt down the line. So how much, you know, or Heineke or whoever, how valuable are these guys? I mean, are these guys that are your insurance policy to, to win a championship? I think they're very valuable. Um, I think from the beginning, I think quarterbacks, the most valuable um, if you look on the waiver wire right now, like uh, Taysom Hill is like the only quarterback that will ever see the turf that's on the waiver wire. Um, so yeah. it, there's such a uh, a big demand and such a small supply that, um, yeah, they are very valuable. Yep. Uh, totally agree. I mean, having ha- – I mean, you kind of need to have three starters – three starting caliber quarterbacks on your team. Like there's 32 NFL teams, three quarterbacks per team. That's 36 gentlemen. So there aren't enough. So that is, that's bound to happen. It's, it's all a matter of time. And unfortunately some teams are losing, you know, some top end players um, to kind of counteract that. Uh, for example, Devante's Inferno with Derrick Henry. If you look at his roster, I, I, I don't remember who his top running back is off the top of my head. I didn't write it down. But after that, he has like running back 45, running back 50. Like they are down there. Um, so you kind of worry with a team like that with their second quarterback situation. Um, I tried really hard to block him from having a second quarterback and then some asshole traded him Carson Wentz. Uh classic anyway so speaking of Devontae's inferno this trade looked a little better last night i want to save my best one for last so let's get this stinker out of the way this one seemed a lot better until last night i had the Melonheads trading daryl henderson to Devontae's inferno for derrick henry 
Um, this, again, this looked a lot better until last night. Last night did not go very well. But, I mean, I still believe in Daryl Henderson. I still think he's a top 10 back. And Devontae's Inferno is kind of desperate for a second running back, in my opinion. Uh, Derrick Henry, will his career ever be the same? Time will tell. Maybe losing half of the season will uh, uh, give him the stamina. I mean, the Yeti is loose. He's superhuman. Uh, so it's possible, and, and the Melonheads, we know they're preparing for the future, and Derrick Henry is only available in the future, whereas Daryl Henderson's available right now, and I think it's Devontae's Inferno wants to, wants to get an edge on the other playoff teams. He's going to need to acquire uh, an, a top-10 potential asset because he doesn't have too many of them left. No, I, I agree. I that's actually goes hand in hand with uh the the trade I that position is a definitely a concern and and I'll let you know the the top running back that I have for them is Melvin Gordon, who uh you know, split and carries with Javante Williams and some weeks is higher, some weeks is lower, so it's not a really stable situation. Yeah, um, why don't you give us that trade? So my final trade, it's pretty simple. Cortland Sutton. Going along the yard for Miles Gaskin. Just a straight-up one-and-one, people-helping-people trade. Longest yards, uh, wide oh, receiver stuff. position. You know, he's, he's, he's missing some guys, especially with Calvin Ridley. I think he's got some running backs. I think he's got the ability to give away a Gaskin. And they both fall in the same category for me, where they both, I think, are giving people headaches where you thought they would have a much better year than they're having. But that doesn't mean I'm giving up on them. And I think it'd be worthwhile to to make that swap. Um, I think Devontae's Inferno, like I said, really needs a running back um, if they plan on competing. And uh, the longest yard could just use a little extra help until Kevin back. Potentially, it seems like later this season. So, I I personally don't expect to see Calvin Ridley the rest of the season. Is that something that's going around that he is expected to return? I I have no idea. Any any, I, any I, news I, on that? I I don't expect to. I, I mean, they I have actually, they have. I was actually thinking about proposing out, like a so trade I, for him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have projected points out for him in like week 14. I don't know if anyone said anything, but I haven't heard anything about him. I would be surprised if he plays. I I really would. But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, really, those there are some top teams. Longest Yard, Devontae's Inferno, Nick Top, Greg Bottom. They're all kind of in that same boat where they do have top-of-the-line talent at all positions. But really, after those top guys – they're really down on the uh, the projected rankings the rest of the season all around the board. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they try to counteract that if they do decide to make a move or not. I, you know, we'll see. Uh, Blake, you got another trade for us? Yeah, so I think we'll stay on uh, Devontae's Inferno, and obviously we both uh, pinpointed the running back position with our uh, proposed trades. I have them trading their 2022nd first-round pick and their 2023rd first-round pick to Austin 316 for Dalvin Cook. Um, I think this is a great trade for Devontae's Inferno because they get their replacement for King Henry, uh, but they also get 
they're also next year going to have King Henry and Dalvin Cook, and that's a very scary backfield. Um, they give up two first-round picks, which is a lot, but both of those are probably going to be late first-round picks. Um, Austin 316, I, I, they have two wins, um, and I think they should be looking for the future. Here's two more first-round picks uh, to help build, uh, rebuild your team. Yeah. I totally, I can totally see that. Um, is Austin three sixteen willing to make that move? We'll see. I doubt it, but uh, we'll see. Hey Blake, do you have any other trades before I say my last one? Yeah, I have. Um, I have one more. I have um, basically the same kind of concept as the last trade. I have the um, the longest yard trading. Their 2022 first-round pick and 2023 first-round pick to the E.T. Elians for Austin Eckler. Um, basically the same reasons. Yeah, uh, again, it, are the E.T. Elians going to make that trade? I doubt it, just knowing their personalities. But I can agree with you. These are the type of teams who need to trade those high assets like uh, Dalvin Cook or an Austin Eckler, you know it's time to it's time to move those assets because you're not winning a championship. It's not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Can I? Actually, I realized that real quick. Then. Absolutely. So I have the twenty-two third round pick. And Lamar Jackson and a twenty-twenty-three second round pick. In the in the say this again. Uh, yeah, you're, you're breaking Dick Dick's up. Getting a 2022 third round pick to Austin three sixteen for Lamar Jackson and a 2023 second round pick. Um, no, I'm just fucking around. Three sixteen. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that, was that the trade he offered? Yes, yes, I was just <laughs> looking at you. And uh, I can't awesome. straight face with that one. That's why I was breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, so I got one more trade here, and there is a lot of big names in this trade as well. Um, so before I go into this trade, I wanted to say one team that does really have not only top-of-the-line talent at all the positions, but several top-of-the-line players at all positions. The Oracle. Is the, the DeLongles. Good one. Uh, I think that DeLongles may have the most complete team in this league. Maybe that's why they haven't made any trade because, I mean, they're, they're doing it right. Um, but also that means that he can compete and also sell some assets for the future. Whereas the longest yard needs to acquire players who are playing right now. So I have the longest yard sending Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Mike Kosicki to the DeLongles for James Robinson, Chris Godwin, and a first-round pick. Um, like I said, the longest yard needs players who are playing right now. Um, Chris Godwin, obviously, without... Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, uh, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, the list goes on. Chris Godwin is really emerging as a target hog for Tampa Bay, and, and this is a, you know, he's going to continue to get the ball, and the same thing goes for James Robinson. I don't know how much Jaguars football y'all gentlemen watch, but James Robinson is a grown-ass man. 
this he's so good. I don't know why the Jaguars would draft a running back in the first round. I mean, Urban Meyer, I guess. But James yeah. Robinson is so good, and whether he's a Jaguar next year or running for somebody else, he's going to continue. His career is is just getting started. He's got a bright future ahead of him. So the longest yard could have a great running back not only this year, um, but also in the future. And moving Aaron Jones, who's currently injured, Calvin Ridley, who's currently on a mental health break, and Mike Sicki, who's up and down, he goosed this week but saw seven targets, and he's going to keep seeing targets. Um, so the DeLongles are giving but also getting plenty in return. Uh, so this is a trade I think both could really benefit. The longest yard specifically right now, again, needs players who are playing, and uh, the players I have him sending are not. I like it. Yeah. My question um, uh, I- um, and this might go into our Mac Jones trade, uh, if we're going to talk about that specifically. But what, as the resident Jaguars fan, what is the value of of uh, James Robinson when it comes to Travis Etienne's situation? I mean, do you feel like Etienne is going to be the number one back next year? I mean, when you see a guy like Robinson, I'm kind of looking at it from afar thinking, what's Etienne going to do next year? I mean, he this guy proved he should be the guy, so... Yeah, I think that if James James Robinson is a Jaguar next year, he is the starting running back. 100%, I don't see a a way that that could change. Uh, I see Travis Etienne getting plenty of usage, um, maybe in a a role similar to what Cordero Patterson is doing right now where he's getting some carries out of the backfield but also lining up as a receiver and getting some targets. I think that was the plan with him from the get-go. Well, that's what he did. Um, Right. I was surprised when James Robinson was playing second fiddle to Carlos Hyde earlier in the season in week one. Um, but I think uh, I think he's proven himself not only uh, he was already proven. He was already proven to me. He was already proven to the fans. He was already proven to the NFL. But now I think he's proven to Urban Meyer. And it, I mean, God help us if Urban Meyer is still the coach next year. Um, but oh, he's going to be the coach next year. Don't don't. Yeah, I think he will be, yes. And I think if James Robinson is a Jaguar, he will be the starting running back. How I would also like to say, I am worried that the Jaguars trade him for like a fourth-round pick. But I think regardless of where he is, he will be the starting running back. I, I agree. I, I was just curious, the the makeup of uh, ETN and, and Robinson. Because to me, yeah, it seems all- like, see how you just arbitrarily go with, with ETN when it seems like Robinson, I, I, I see him as a top back. So I, I don't, I'm just curious. It was unfortunate that ETN got, got hurt on his really his first possession of preseason. Uh, so we really didn't really get to see it, but I, I think that the plan was, and I think that the plan will be going forward that these two are on the field together often. Well, that's what you've seen from a lot of teams in the NFL. I mean, that seems to be the wave of the future is people realize that the lifespan of a running back is has cut dramatically. And I I mean, we're really other than maybe Henry, I you guys correct me, how many one back, the main back of the offense and Minnesota, I guess, but Dallas is pretty much a two back system at this point. Um I'm trying to think 
down back. It's pure. I think yeah, that's it, probably the best bet. It's not often. And, and Blake, tell me what you think about this. I, I, over the past several drafts, uh, the past several seasons, we've been seeing like a lot more of these smaller scat back type running backs, receiving backs, um, kind of get take the precedence over these big bruisers uh, at, that we saw in the past. You know what I mean? Like Jerome Bettis yeah. wouldn't be a first round pick this year. Uh, but in the past, maybe he would have been, uh, but you're also seeing these guys getting hurt pretty often. Um, now we're seeing running backs emerge like, uh, Ramondre Stevenson is a prime example where they're kind of more of the Derrick Henry mold, Najee Harris as well, where maybe they can take a beating a little bit more. And, you know, you're, you see it with, with Derrick Henry, how he can just bust through the line and take it to the house. Do you think that maybe we might start seeing more of these big bruiser running backs taking the the brunt of the carries as opposed to what we had been getting with these faster, smaller guys? I don't know. That, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that the trend, if anything, is trending towards more, more and more speed. I think each year guys somehow are getting faster and faster. Um, and it's trending to more and more speed, but but I definitely think there is. I mean, uh, the NFL is ridiculous with how many torn knees, torn ACLs we see, and guys are cutting. Um, look at like the guy coming up, uh, Kenneth Walker from uh, Michigan State, and just how um, some of his cuts are just ridiculous. And you you look yeah. at it, I'm thinking I'm sitting there with the first overall pick watching this guy, and I'm like, is he gonna tear an ACL with just how? much force he's uh, putting on his knees when he's cutting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, um, you know, there's uh, availabilities, the best asset they say. Um, and, you know, if a, if a guy's running it up the middle and stuff, um, you know, between the tackles, I think there's less cutting, um, at, you know, uh, lowering the shoulder might uh, be safer, honestly. Well, can, yeah. I bring, uh, can I ask a question to you guys? And, you know, do you think that this, the, running back to a degree in fantasy when you really have to be concerned whether it's age or whether it's potentially being injured or now two back system i mean you look at a prime example with the with the rams where back in the ram system should you value more i mean we just saw henderson in a trade you know i know forever unclean wants a, a king's ransom for cam Akers. Which one's really the one that's going to have the, the value? You don't know. And are you, should you be willing to give up a lot for a running back in the next draft? Should early on, or should you focus more on a wide receiver? Because they're, yeah, and you have a lot more stability in them playing. I, I think this, your question just kind of spilled into the Mac Jones trade. Um, and I think like the, the, the trade we made, um, well, I'll ask you your thoughts later, but I, I think if we put up like a poll in the group chat um, and like who won that trade, I think you see all that quantity going to you. So everyone would pick you. Um, but I look at Mac Jones as I think he's a he's a sure thing. Um, I thought he was a complete bust coming out of college. I avoided him. I had every opportunity to get him in the draft. I avoided him, um, but I was dead wrong. I think he's a real deal, but he's going to be scoring as long as he's healthy which they're protecting quarterbacks more and more each year he's going to be playing for the next 15 years 
at a high level. Whereas a running back, um, with all those injuries, with the running backs by committee, I mean, they have a really short shelf life. We look like Todd Gurley was a prime running back for two years, and now he's not even in the NFL anymore. It's pretty drastic with uh, some of the drop-offs with running backs yeah. and just like that short Look at Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Le'Veon oh, Bell's another yeah. one. I mean, he's like useless. Even when he plays, he's not Le'Veon Bell He just got cut by the Ravens. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, I think that, I mean, when you're trying to think of, I mean, for a lot of us, this is our first time playing in a a dynasty fantasy football. So we're not really sure how to value draft picks per se. And so this is, this is kind of my idea on how I would value draft picks when your first round pick, unless you're drafting a quarterback, who's not going to, you know, a first round pick, who's not going to start this year, you know, I could see you drafting them in the first round, but overall, I think, I think with a first round pick and this kind of went into the, the AJ Dillon trade that we made uh, a few days ago, last week, whatever it was, where I said, you wanted a, you, you offered AJ Dillon and PJ Walker for a first round pick pj walker was kind of kind of a throw in i was like i can start him this week but overall aj Dillon for a first round pick i i think that's great value because i see aj Dillon being the starting running back for the packers next year and i think that's what you're looking for with your first round pick someone who's going to be a starter on day one so if the running back uh, uh, this goes in with the short the short shelf life which is hard to say um You want you want to if you're going to spend a first round pick on a running back, you want him to be the starter or, you know, a 50 50 time split like Javante Williams would have been a fine first round pick this year. Um, But overall, if they're not the starter, like Ramondre Stevenson, for example, probably would not have been a first round pick coming into this year um, because he, for all intents and purposes, did not expect him to even start a single game. Obviously had a great week this past week. Um, but I think what you're looking for is a starter right now. And if they're not a starter, I mean, I would go wide receiver because the shelf life, as you said, is much longer. There's a lot more potential for production. I mean, if you're the starting running back, that's great. But if you're the backup compared to the second or third wide receiver, your value is just not there. So, uh, again, if if you're going to have a starter, a starting running back on day one, I could see the value being there for a first round pick. But overall, I think wide receivers probably where, where most people would go in the first round. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think to a degree, too, there's a level of where they go. Like a prime example of that would be Damian Harrison, where early on in the year, I'll be honest, I offered a bunch of trades for Damian Harrison because I was really interested in him. And I'll say it right now. I wouldn't offer much for him because I know how Bill Belichick operates and he could be for the near future now because that's just how the Patriots do it. Once a, once a running back starts to struggle, they, so I, I think that that's the other challenge more than you see with wide receivers, you know, Deshaun Jackson fumbles in the game on Sunday He's going to play, but a running back fumbles and it's like, oh man, you know, do we really want him carrying the football? It's just a different point of view when it, when it's a running back. Yeah. uh, Here's my question on those running backs right there that you just spoke of. If Damian Harris is, is inactive, they play Thursday night. That's tomorrow. Uh, Not tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, because today is Tuesday. Um, 
if he is inactive for the Thursday night game against Atlanta and Romandre Stevenson has another massive game like he did this past week, do you even see Damian Harris being the starting running back this year for the Patriots? Um, it's, it seems like they have, like, um, I mean, like Bobby said, I remember in 2014, I'm a Colts fan, uh, they were playing the Patriots and a guy named Jonas Gray, who was like exactly. a, a few weeks ago, so he rushed <laughs> yeah. for like 250 yards and three touchdowns. I was pissed. Um, but I, I think Stevenson does have value. I think he has, um, his role is kind of like, um, LeGarrette Blunt when he was there. Um, he's going to run it between the tackles and I think he's he's going to get a lot of the touchdown opportunities. Um, and I think there is also um, value in whoever is the pass catching back. So like a James White um, right now it's uh, Brandon Bolden. He's been ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think um, Damian Harris really does have a whole, a whole lot of value going into the future. Um, if Stevenson does keep playing like he is playing. Well, I hope not. And I'll be the the Patriots make this like he said. I mean, Jonas Gray ran for what two? F- Missed a meeting on Monday, and the guy never played again for the Patriots. I mean, that's that's how they are. <laughs> you can trust a Patriots running back uh, unless it's really solidified that they're the guy. And right now, it's not. And like you said, you you asked the question if I thought it was possible that Harris would never not start another game this year. I think it's possible because that's that's just how Bill Belichick operates. He's got a, a crew that's going. They're winning football games. The offense is rolling. Just scored 30-whatever it was against the, the Browns. Mac Jones. He won't. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Stevenson is the guy. Yeah, Patriots are a half a game out of their own division. Half game behind the Bills. And they good. still – and they still have to play the Bills twice, so anything can happen there. That's very interesting. I said to you earlier that I really regret including him in the Dak Prescott trade. I'm curious, had it been Tua instead of Mac Jones, will you still have made that trade? See, now I feel the same. I regret making that trade, so I'm going to answer it now. <laughs> where like in hindsight i'm like man i'm such a freaking idiot because i had dak i had zeke and i had cup and i could have asked you guys for like seven first round pick for that the championship comp so i'm kicking myself in those regards as far as dak uh no i wouldn't have trusted to at that time mac jones i had faith in him i always thought i was always comfortable that mac jones would be a good pro as good as he looks in the last two weeks. I don't know if he really is going to be that good, which is part of the reason I was comfortable making the Zach Wilson trade. But, huh. but, <laughs> yeah. but no, I would not have taken Tua. Yeah, I think Mac Jones looks awesome. So, uh, I mean, the Patriots are playing really well, and I think I think we might bring them up later when we do our playoff predictions. We'll see. Um, did did we rank rookies? Was that one of the things we did? Uh, I didn't. No. Okay. Cool. Underrated <laughs> players, though. There we go. That there we go. definitely did do. Um. Uh. Are we going to talk about Mac Jones here? I wasn't planning on it. Um. 
But I mean, I, I definitely will. I could talk all day about him. That's okay. We'll save it. Um, <laughs> why don't you, uh, Blake, start us off with a, an underrated player? Yeah. So um, I'm actually looking at my list. I did this while I was working today. Um, and I'm looking at my list. I'm actually a little insecure about it because it's not like that underrated. But uh, the first one is Kirk Cousins. And um, I put him on the list because I feel like myself and a lot of people don't consider him that good of a quarterback. Um, uh, America Najee Warrior was just called him like a subpar mediocre or something, which I had agreed with when I was listening to it. And then I looked and he's currently the number eight uh, fantasy quarterback on the season. Uh, and I looked at his stats per game and he only has two interceptions in 10 games. And I was shocked by that. And I wanted to talk about it. That is shocking. Here, here's my opinion on Kirk Cousins. He's fine. You know, he's fine. He'll, he'll win you some games in the regular season. But when push comes to shove, he just doesn't win the big one. That's my opinion on Kirk Cousins. He's, he's fine, you know. <laughs> That's it. He's fine. Uh, Tony, you got me an underrated player. Well, I was going to go with uh... – but I'm going uh, to talk EYP's favorite quarterback, Carson Wentz, who is ranked number 10 oh, yeah. in the quarterback and rankings. I mean, he's he's been unbelievable. We talked about it earlier. I think to a degree we're – well, uh, Stefan, you didn't have him on your team this year, but, you know, I'm kicking myself. I wish I had Carson Wentz on my team. I – feel like a moron that I traded him. And I think everyone that probably had their hands on him are, are saying that to a degree. I mean, he, he looks like a changed man. He's back with Frank Reich. He's been great. And he hasn't made the big, uh, inner, you know, 17 touchdowns, three picks. Speaks for himself. Coulter in the hunt to maybe get a while. Uh, like, kind of like the old Carson Wentz. Yeah, totally agree. I got to be honest. I did not come up with a quarterback for an underrated player because it had to be Carson Wentz, and I've just been talking about him so much. I didn't want to, like, feel like, like I don't know, like I was, like, having a man crush on him or something. Uh, I got let – me, let me just say, I, have, I had him in another league, and in this league my team is 8-2, and two, and I was riding him for a few weeks, and he was doing really well, and then I took him out, I took him out this week which was brilliant. And that, and then I looked at his rest of the season schedule and I dropped him. Yeah. So anyway, uh, okay. So like I said, I didn't come up with a quarterback for that reason, but I did double up on the running backs. If, if you nasty. So my first one's Melvin Gordon. Uh, listen, Melvin Gordon has been so good for so long. And for some reason, Everybody just wants Javante Williams to be the lead runner for the Broncos so bad that it's almost like Melvin Gordon's being cast aside, but he's been really good. He's averaging four and a half yards per carry this year. He's got 20 catches. Um, he's finding the end zone. He's got six touchdowns. I think Melvin Gordon still has the juice um, and, and no one's talking about it. That's funny. I have uh, Melvin Gordon as my, my I had Melvin Gordon as well. That's hilarious. <laughs> nice. Three-way high five on that gentleman. Melvin Gordon super underrated. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. RB14 on the year. 
No, he's seriously, he's just just keeps continuing to produce. I almost feel like he's more productive now than he was in his last season with the Chargers. Yeah, it really gives we just talked about like the doom and gloom of running backs. Uh here's a running back with a pretty long shelf life, honestly. Um I mean, we're in 2021 and he's like I said the RB14 and that that gives me hope for running backs in the future. Amen, brother. So like I said, I doubled up on the running backs. My other running back kind of goes hand in hand with something that was said about Forever Unclean earlier in this podcast. Um, my second underrated player is Daryl Henderson. Um, and I think he's underrated maybe because of Cam Akers, where it's kind of like like he's being treated like he's a transitional player just till Cam Akers comes back. But really, I think Daryl Henderson's been really good on the season. 562 on the ground, 4.6 yards per carry. He's got seven total touchdowns. Uh, he's been really good. And uh, I, don't think, I don't think he's handing the, the job back over to Cam Akers so easily. I appreciate that. And I'll be open to any fat offers for uh, Daryl Henderson after that that endorsement well trade him to Devontae's inferno for derrick henry make me a trooper <laughs> there you go okay tony who you got uh i got hollywood brown he number six wide receiver uh amen and he's been unbelievable he's been on uh, i'm trying to see how many teams he's been on three teams in our league now and I mean, you're talking about a top six receiver, a guy that a guy that's had a better year than Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf. I mean, that's you don't think about that. That's never been the pass and kind of the change. But just to talk about their pass offense in general, when you think about uh, uh, Bateman as well that he's been putting up big points as well. And, you know, the, the Ravens receivers, I don't think have gotten a lot of respect in the past, but when you talk about Bateman you talk about Brown, they're starting to produce a little bit, uh, that, that Ravens passing game. And it's not just a Lamar Jackson deal. Yeah. I think Lamar's been throwing it really well and his receivers are playing really well as the, as the Hollywood Brown owner, he's not leaving my team anytime soon. Although I am a little bit concerned about Rashard Bateman because he looks pretty goddamn good also. Yeah. I've been trying Um, to get him from Nick for so long. Yeah. So that does scare me a little bit again, as the Hollywood Brown owner, um, he like he looks really good. He's run a lot of routes. He was their leading receiver this past week. Most of that coming in the fourth quarter garbage time situation. But um, that does concern me a little bit. But yeah, man, Hollywood Brown has been so good this year. And trust me, I've been talking about him. Woo, doggy. <laughs> okay, Blake, you got you got another underrated player. Yes. Um, Michael Pittman. Uh, oh! I, I, you, have, you have Michael Pittman too? Michael Pittman was my wide receiver. That's hilarious. Well, I'll only talk about him a little bit then. Uh, but yeah, I've been, I was trying to trade with him, with uh, the E.T. Elians, uh, get Michael Pittman on my team for the longest time because um, I thought he was under the radar. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's just he, currently right now, he's, currently the uh, wide receiver number seven on the season. 
He's averaging 20 points a ga- per game in the last four weeks. And I don't even think he's hit his prime. He's only 24 years old. Um, you know, I think Michael Pittman's, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he kind of goes hand in hand with the Carson Wentz emergence. You know, the I've talked about it a few times, obviously, but the chemistry between a quarterback and a receiver means so much. And these two clearly have a great relationship and it's showing up on the field that, I mean, Michael Pittman, the Carson Wentz to Michael Pittman connection could be a popular duo there for uh, at least a few years. So I like that. Yeah. He's been great. As I mentioned, I think, I think Wentz has really found a, a great spot for himself. And uh, as much as the people in uh, Philadelphia and WIP are probably <laughs> the hoagie mouth, as we've learned. <laughs> the hoagie mouths. He, uh, he, he's found a great spot. I mean, Frank Reich and him look like they're back to you know, a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Great underrated players. It's kind of interesting that we had a lot of the same ones that really speaks volumes on just how underrated those players actually are. So, yeah. Amen. So let's transition into a little NFL talk now here. We're going to predict the playoff fields for the AFC and the NFC. I don't know if you guys went in this in depth, but I mean, I went through the whole playoff bracket. I did as well. Okay, well, well, Blake, you can at least hit, hit us with your Super Bowl prediction at the end. But first starters, let's start out with the number one seed in the AFC. Let's start it off with Tony. Who's the number one seed this year in the AFC? The Titans. I think the Titans, I... Hold on one sec. Hold on one sec. Okay. Hold on one sec. Blake, Tony, and me on three. We're going to say AFC number one seed. Ready? One, two, three. Titans. Damn. Okay, interesting. Go ahead. Let's let's just let's just say. Okay, Blake. Why is it the Bills? <laughs> I I just think they have the best overall team. That's that's fair. Already a two game lead for the Titans with a win over the Bills. Kind of is where my my. Uh, opinion was swayed i actually went back and forth on whether or not the bills or the patriots were going to win their division so uh i think they split and that's going to be the difference agree it's not based on who i think is the best team i use the they have fancy websites where you can just pick who ends up being the what the records are going to be. So that's how I came out with the Titans. I think based on their strength of schedule, the West, the rest, and the fact that they're going to play the Jaguars, we get some easier games. That's the truth. Um, um, no, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to be in a they're going to be in a better spot. And I think that the twice. I think they're. I think there's. And I, I think, think that, that, you know, you even look at a team like Miami where maybe the steel game from the Bills. Point, I look at the AFC East as a tougher division than the AFC South. And along with the other games that they have to face, 
came to my to my decision there. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. The Titans, I'm I don't know if it's Mike Rabel's coaching or what, but they just they just make the most out of nothing. I don't even know who their leading receiver was this week. Michael, Mike, Marcus Johnson. I don't fucking know. I didn't even know who he was, but they find a way. Always, constantly, the Titans find a way, and they're going to find a way again. Uh, spoiler alert, I have them losing their first playoff game, but I do have them as the number one seed in the AFC. We just lost uh, Tony. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back in a second. Up that I did not hear a, a- thing he said for his last uh time talking he's back i heard him welcome back tony sorry about we didn't that get i got a far. call it completely wrong that's out sorry about that well it's 9 23 no business calls at 9 23 <laughs> okay let's let's stick with the afc uh blake who's who do you have as the number two seed in the afc um i had the titans um and i yeah, I mean, I just really hate the Titans. Um, I don't I'm still in denial about them. Um, and yeah, I'm putting them second, at, mainly out of spite. Um, I just, I don't, um, I didn't do in-depth analysis or anything. I just don't think, even though they continuously prove me wrong, I just don't think they're that good. I'm totally in agreement with you, but they just find a way to win all the goddamn time. Tony, who you got? Number two seed in the AFC. I, I got the Chargers. Uh, I think that Ooh. I think that they end up winning this division. Wow, they have a little bit tougher. You know, they have a game against the Cowboys. They do have a game against the Chargers again. That, that I, I mean, at this point, I I kind of lean towards the Cowboys winning, just the way I've seen the two teams play, and I think that that's an. Um, and, and also, I don't really buy the Raiders and. After this week against the the Eagles, I don't buy the Broncos either. I think those are games trying to pick up. So I got them as the uh, the number two. Okay, I have the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the only legitimate, uh, the only team who has a legitimate chance to be the number one seed over the Titans. Uh, I think they're going to, I think they've started to figure it out a little bit and I think they're going to continue to figure it out. It'd be interesting to see though, because the Raiders did not play that cover two shell. That's been given the chiefs issues. The same thing happened with the bills this week against the, the jets where they didn't play that defense that has been stifling those offenses. So I'm curious to see, but I do think the chiefs are going to continue to play like the chiefs and I have them as the two seed. For the three seed, I have the Bills. Again, I went back and forth between the Bills and the Pats a few times and ultimately settled on the Bills. I'm a, I do think the Pats have the potential to beat the Bills twice, which could make things very interesting. But I'm going to go with the Bills offense to at least win one of these games and hold on to this division. Tony, who you guys the three seed? I'm, I'm going to be the guy that's different. I'm going the Ravens. I know the Ravens just lost to the Dolphins, but I I'm going with them. I think or in a weaker division as well. You know, I really took it to effect, and I think that, that I, I don't think the Browns too serious, especially what we talked about about Baker Mayfield and their wide receiver core and the running backs, the injuries they've gone through. 
the Ravens will take care of business there. I don't really take the the Steelers seriously when it comes to top tier teams. I think that they might be a playoff team, but not a first round loss. And uh, the Bengals, I I don't know what to make of them. I mean, they lost in New York to Mike White, so I'm I'm two. So I got the Ravens number three. Fair enough. Blake, who you got number three? I got the Chiefs. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to win that division. Um, I see the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos all uh, regressing, and I see the Chiefs improving. Um, yeah, I think they're going to win that division, um, and they're the number three seed. If I could hop to my fourth quick and talk about the Ravens, um, I – I have the Ravens still winning the division just because Ben Roethlisberger is pretty much broken. Um, the, the Browns are shit and the Bengals, I think have too many holes. Um, but I, I don't know how good the Ravens actually are. Um, there's a lot of close games. Um, I don't know how good the Colts actually are, um, but the, the Ravens, you know, it took a miracle and then a long field goal at the end and all kinds of crazy things to beat the Colts um, at home. They almost lost the Lions. That that took a 66-yard field goal or something. There's a lot of close games that they prob- they ended up winning somehow, and they probably shouldn't have. Um, they have a lot of their good defensive players, uh, their offensive line. There's a lot of injuries out for that uh, guys are out for the year. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't think they're that good of a team. That's fair. I see winning those close games as a positive. Personally, I have the Ravens as the four seed as well. Uh, I think I think they'll have no problem winning this division. Um, uh, obviously, we have differing opinions on the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson is proving just how clutch he is, and and when you're in the playoffs, that's what you need. Um, so I I will talk. You'll find out my opinion on the Ravens later. But I have the Ravens as the four seed. Uh, Tony, who you got as the four seed? Bills. I think the Bills end up winning the division. I really believe in the Patriots. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, I think Matt in his rookie year, he's gonna have great games. He's gonna have, he's gonna struggle. So I think that there's a great, you know, a really good chance that he has a bad game down the stretch that loses a game they shouldn't lose just because he's a rookie with Josh Allen. He's stable enough that he's going to be and win the games they need to win. I think the Patriots might have a chance to win one out of two with the Bills, but I also think there's a good chance that they don't win either, and I think that that's what's going to put the Bills over the top, which is why I have the Bills at at number four. Fair enough. So the only division winner we had different was Tony taking the Chargers to win that division over the Chiefs. We we had the same division winners. Uh, other than that, uh, so speaking of Mac Jones and the Patriots, I have them as my five seed. Um, Mac Jones has been playing really well. Like I said, he's been playing fantastic. But the Patriots are winning on the back of their defense, and the defense has been playing so good. Um, they can beat anybody as long as the defense is playing like it has been. And uh, I think they are the five seed. Uh, you know, I did, I did look at the schedules. I went up and down them. I didn't do a, a win predictor, but, uh, 
I do have the Patriots as the five seed. Uh, Blake, who is your five seed? Yeah, Patriots are my five seed. Um, I love what's happening right now. Um, and it, it's funny because there was, you know, the Patriots had dominated for 20 years. And there was a lot of talk about who exactly gets like the lion's share of the credit. Was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady? Last year, t- Tom Brady obviously left for Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl. The Patriots struggled. And there's a lot of narrative that uh, Tom Brady was the reason the Patriots were as great as they were for as long as they were. Um, but I always thought, you know, it, it was both of them. Um, and I think they're both Tom Brady's the best quarterback to ever play. And I think Bill Belichick's the best coach to ever coach in the NFL. Um, and he's proving that. Um, I mean, J.C. Jackson has all the like he's a ridiculous player, basically replaced Stefan Gilmore, who's a defensive player of the year. J.C. Jackson was like a six round pick or something. Um, I mean, they're just ridiculous. And I think that that team is finally clicking um, and that defense is playing at a very high level. Um, and yeah, I mean, Mac Jones, uh, he's a 23 year old rookie. Um, he's, you know, he's just looking great. He's looking like a leader. He's looking like a veteran. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they get into the playoffs. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but how fun would it be to have Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Loser leaves the NFL match. We saw how fun that Sunday night game was. I mean, you put yeah. like Greg said. I I completely agree. It's it's George. It's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's you're you're putting the two two goats together. I mean, that's that's truly what you know. It's it, it's gotten to the point where everyone's trying to split up because the truth is, you just you put two Goliaths together when you got them when you got Brady and Belichick. Yeah. Yeah, this is like this is like when Chip Kelly signed Michael Vick. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Tony, who's your five seed? Uh, I got the Pats as well. For that, you all said. Sweet. I think the Pats have done a a great job retooling in a in such a quick time. Whether or it's Getting Aguilar, who seems to be a lot better than the Nelson Aguilar, who was uh, a meme for a long time. Also getting Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. I mean, those were big pickups to upgrade the offense very quickly, along with Mac Jones. Uh, They put him in the best spot. The reason Mac Jones is the most successful rookie is because he may be the best. Time will tell. But he's also in the much superior position when it comes to a rookie quarterback right now. He's got so many, he's got much more targets than anyone else gets. Um, and, and that's why the Pats are in the spot they're in. Yeah, no doubt. I would love to see what Trevor Lawrence would be doing playing for the Patriots right now. That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. Tony, send us right into your number six seed. I got the chiefs. Uh, I, I haven't lost faith in the Chiefs. It wasn't, you know, I think that the Chiefs are starting to come back to, to strength. They, are. Uh, they do have some struggles. They do have some guys that are out. Um, I really, for me, it comes down to this this game this week. I mean, I, I think that the Cowboys are going to beat the Chiefs, which is the turning factor of this uh, ranking. 
was it kind of came down to one game. And I think that the mm-hmm. – I, I, so I think I should say those two games. But, you know, uh, I think the Chiefs are going to be a game out. It's just going to be whether or not they win either the Cowboys game this Sunday or the, the game against uh, the Chargers coming up. Okay, so, so far we all have the same playoff teams. Just wanted to note that. Blake, who you have number six? I'm a biased Colts fan, and I'm putting the Colts. Um, I believe in Carson Wentz and that, that offense. Jonathan Taylor's amazing. That offensive line is finally healthy. Um, the beginning of the year, the Colts, um, they, they lost a lot of games. They lost to a, a field goal against the Ravens. They lost to a field goal a last-minute field goal against the Rams. Um, Both games against the Titans have been losses, but they've been very close, uh, one going into overtime. Um, Like, they're not obviously good enough to be division winners. Uh, They're not good enough to be Super Bowl contenders, but I think they are good enough to make the playoffs. Um, In 2018, they had – it was Frank Reich's first year coaching – Andrew Luck was back. They went one in five and then ended up going to the playoffs. And I think they're going to go on some type of run like that again. Um, again, I believe in the Frank Reich, Carson Wentz, and, um, and that offense and that healthy offensive line is going to take them to the playoffs. Well, they they kind of screwed me over on the winning the division prediction by losing to the Titans last week. But, um, yeah, I could see it. I wrestled with that a little bit for the number seven seed, but I didn't ultimately go there. My sixth seed is the Chargers. Uh, again, this is a really good offense. Uh, struggling, certainly, but Mike Williams being banged up is hurt. And uh, once he gets healthy and playing like Mike Williams, I think they're going to they're gonna get into the playoffs, and they can make some noise. We'll see. Now we get into the number seven seed, which I thought was kind of the most interesting on both both conferences here. So, Tony, who's your number seven seed? My number seven, and I hate saying this because I'd much rather say, as we talked about, uh, the Colts or some of those other teams, I got the Steelers. I think the Steelers sneak in at that number, number seven seed. I think as much as people want to dog Ben, as much as people want to dog the team in general, they are five and three. I know they played a hideous game on Sunday against the the Lions, and they had a good chance of losing, but they didn't have they didn't have Roethlisberger, and they still should have won. But whatever. But the point being, I I believe in the Steelers right now. I get more healthy if they can get Claypool back. They do have Najee Harris. They are starting to get Washington going. And I think that sometimes it helps when you're forced in this situation where other people need to contribute because then when you it's like, okay, this guy's had the opportunity to, to be, to do something. And I think you got like Washington's a prime example where he's going to be put in a much better spot based on the fact he had to deal with being the number one. Two guys. Where we can sit around. Yeah, uh, James Washington did find the end zone, if I'm not mistaken, but it was really some guy named McLeod who uh, had the big game for the Steelers. I do not believe in the Steelers. My number seven seed is the Bengals. We've seen them play really well. We've seen them play really bad. I think Joe Burrow is an elite talent at quarterback, and I think he's going to get his guys into the playoffs. Joe Burrow has the most intense eyes on the sideline I think I've ever seen. 
that guy is focused. It's like it me on Adderall. It was a couple wild men at LSU when you got Coach O just eating jambalaya and kicking ass, and then you got Joe Burrow. It's crazy eyes, man. No wonder they won a national championship. Yeah, for real. Blake, who's your seventh seed? I had the Chargers. Um, you know, Joe Burrow's a great quarterback, but uh, – well, I don't know if he's a great quarterback. But uh, I think Justin Herbert is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I think I, – I love Justin Herbert. I think he's the man. Uh, I think he gets the Chargers in the playoffs. Okay. That was an so all-time you... endorsement for Joe Burrow. He's yeah. Quarterback. I don't know <laughs> if he's a good <laughs> 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 Good. Well, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Chalk it up. Those are your AFC playoff teams. Let's kick it over to the NFC. I'm going to start it up. No, wait. I'm going to save mine for last, actually. Let's go with uh, Tony. Who's the number one seed in the NFC? Don't say the Cowboys. No, I got the Packers. I think the Packers are the best team in the, in the NFC. Uh, they, they've beaten the Cardinals. They've, they're my number one overall seed. If I was doing a, a college football top four, I would have the Packers at number one. I think that they have the best resume. They've beaten the Cardinals. I think they would beat the Cowboys right now. Um, they have Aaron Rodgers, who's proven, and you don't want to go to Lambeau. So that's – think that, that right now they – and also they – honestly, they're in the easier division than, than the other two. I don't think the – as much as people want to talk shit on the NFC, I think the NFC is a little bit tougher right now than the uh, NFC North where you have a, a Lions team that can't win a game and a Bears team that sometimes is competitive, sometimes not. And a Vikings team, you really don't know what you're going to get. So I I think that the Packers have the easiest schedule, and they've also done the most, so they're my number one. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, the Packers are my two seed, but, but Blake, who's your number one seed? The, the Packers for everything uh, Tony had said. Yeah, fair enough. So that gets to to me, and I I said to Tony that I, I said don't don't say the Cowboys, and that's because I was going to say the Cowboys. I have the Cowboys as the number one seed in the NFC. Um, if they beat the Chiefs this week, I think I think that prediction goes a little farther. If they fail to beat the Chiefs this week. It could be a little more interesting, but I I do have the Cowboys as the top seed in the NFC. I love their offense. The defense is hit or miss, but when they're playing well, they're they're really good. Uh, I'm going with the Cowboys. They're in the uh, contrary to what Tony just said. Uh, I think by far the weaker division, um, and their their schedule is a cakewalk. Give me the Cowboys. Well, Blake respectfully the disagree, but <laughs> fair enough. So my two seed, my two seed was the Packers. Obviously, I was trying to make a splash by saying the Cowboys, but realistically, the Packers are probably the better team. Um, I do have the Packers as my two seed, though. Anyway, Blake, who you have as your two seed? Um, I had the Cowboys, and again, basically for everything you just said. Um, I think they have an easy schedule. Those NFC East games are tough, um, but I just think they're just so much superior than the other teams. Um, yeah, I have the Cowboys as a number two seed. Tony, 
Don't say Cowboys. Surprisingly, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be the odd man out. I have the Cardinals. I think it will strictly come down to the Cardinals and the Cowboys game. And maybe I'm just a disenfranchised Cowboys fan, but I think they're going to – they will lose the Cardinals, and that will be the one game that – I'll go right into it. I have the Cowboys at number four, strictly because I think that they're going to lose the Cardinals. I think if they beat the Cardinals, three? they'll be number three. But – Cowboys, the Cowboys easily win the division. It's possible. Maybe they, maybe they lose the game. It seems in the division. I don't. I don't know. Maybe the Eagles. I I do think the Eagles are turning a corner. And have um a little and Smith involved a little bit more, but I think the Eagles be or the Cowboys will be fine. And uh, I have that. Have it for. Okay, um, so Tony, you have the Cardinals at three and the Cowboys at four. Correct. Who would you have at two? Oh, sorry, I fucked that up. The Cardinals <laughs> at two and the Cowboys at three. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, we skipped two. All right, all right, no, that makes I sense. Okay, Pack- I'll clear it up. Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys. Gotcha. Okay, Roger that. Blake, who's number three? I got the Bucks. Um, they just had a rough game. Uh, I, they had a midseason lull last year, um, and the the narrative was, uh, you know, so negative, and Tom Brady's done, and it's not working out in Tampa Bay. And then they won the Super Bowl. Um, I think they're gonna get healthy. They're gonna figure this out. Um, and yeah, I think they're gonna go on like a torrid hot streak to end the year. Okay, um, so Tony mentioned the Cardinals just a minute ago, and I spoke earlier in, in this podcast directly that I'm I'm concerned about the Cardinals for the rest of this season, and I, I almost I almost had them slipping out of the playoffs. Just I don't like the way they're playing. I know they're eight and two right now, and that's crazy to think that they wouldn't make the playoffs. But again. I spoke earlier in the season about my distrust in Cliff Kingsbury. I do not think that he's a good coach. I think he's benefiting from having Kyler Murray and the weapons. But if Kyler Murray and the weapons aren't playing, he's kind of getting exposed as a coach and a play caller. And for that reason, I think the Rams are the best. I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC. Uh, I know how they played last night, losing Robert Woods, yada, yada, yada. I think they are the most talented roster top to bottom in the NFC, and I have them as the three seed. Yeah. So uh, we we got Tony's Cowboys as the three seed. Tony, move us down to the four seed. I have the Bucks. I think they'll win the division. Um, Concerned with a couple harder games down the schedule that it's possible they'll slip up. Plus the fact they they did impact that you know they could have a game like they did against Washington. Separated. To the credit, knock. I I don't know. I I don't really have a lot of faith in them, but they seem to be pretty hungry this year. I mean, they're they're really they they've been doing. Three is my separated the two and the box. 
fact that the Saints have really knocked off. I mean, really, their biggest challenger right now. The Panthers, and we really don't know what's the Panthers' deal. We don't know if Cam's going to be the guy, or if he's not. So I think that that's the question mark that the the Bucks at number four. Yeah, I, I, the Panthers have a real tough schedule. I don't have any faith there. Uh, the Bucks are my four seed as well. Blake, who you have as your four seed? I had the Rams. Um, I agree agree with you. Um, I am concerned about the Cardinals right now. Um, and I, the Rams, I, I wasn't a big – I'm not a big Odell Beckham Jr. fan, and I think the Robert Woods injury really does hurt. Um, but, I, again, they just have so much talent on that team. Um, yeah, I have them winning the division and being the four seed. Yeah, so from my five seed, I did just speak about my – my lack of faith in this team, but I do have the Cardinals only because they are eight and two, but I can see them finishing this season at like 10 and seven and falling into the wild card, maybe even lower than the five seed. But if Kyler Murray comes back, plays well, I do see them working their way up to being the top uh, wild card team, um, losing the division to the Rams. So I do have the cards as the five seed. Blake, who's your five seed? I have the Cardinals as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, I, they, they just were off to such a good start that I couldn't leave them out of, you know, like the playoffs or anything. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like I said, the Rams win that division, uh, the, the Cardinals, I think they're, you know, going to be competitive enough when Kyler Murray's finally back, but I don't see them. Uh, I see them losing ground. Yeah. In agreement there, Tony, who you got? Uh, I have the Rams. Uh, I don't – I'm not a big Rams believer, um, but I do think – really good. Good. I will say, I, I'll i be the odd man out. I, I don't – You guys accept. Cardinals, it'll be interesting. Goes to the year goes on. Uh, I think that once Kyler comes back, I'll be – I think that they're going to they're gonna strengthen out, but – I've, I just I'm not a huge believe. Same way. Series of the LA Clippers where they're all they're all stagnant or whatever. They're all sizzleness. You know, they got a lot of big names, but at the end what happened last night where they got their ass. Yeah, that's a that's a tough situation. You kind of saw uh not having Robert Woods in the offense was a little – it hurt them, definitely. I'm interested to see what they do with Odell Beckham, if he has a Robert Woods-type role or if they're sending him deep or what they do there. That will be really telling for the Rams offense the rest of the season. Tony, send us right into your sixth seed. Have the Panthers. I I will give some love to, to Cam Newton. I, I'm not a big believer, especially – with Calvin Ridley in the Falcons, and I think they're going to be able to win that game. I have absolutely no faith in the Saints and Trevor Simeon. I think that that's going to be an easy one. I think they're going to be able to get the 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 wins necessary to get into the to the wild card. Cam looks pretty sharp. He looked good in the preseason. I kind of trust that he's going to be able to to get. 
against the Cardinals, um, which was a big win for them. I think my biggest question mark for them, um, my biggest question mark going for them is obviously going to be continue that but you know i believe in him and i think matt rules uh, a good coach and he'll be able to, to keep those guys fighting but i agree with matt rule I... one thing i'll say i i, I sorry I don't... is that the big question mark is going to be christian mccaffrey did leave the game early on sunday and that's going to be a question mark if they lose him i as much as i like chubba you know, I think down the road he can be a guy, but he's not going to cover, you know, for McCaffrey in the meantime. Yeah, uh, what I wanted to say was that Cam looked Cam looked like the Cam Newton who played for the Patriots. He played nine snaps, so it, it's kind of hard to to really say did he look good or not. I mean, obviously he's going to get goal line carries. Um, if they can get down there. If Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, the Panthers have a shot, but I was looking at their schedule, and it is it is tough. It's going to be tough sledding for the Panthers. Um, their defense is really good, though. I'll say that. Definitely. Uh, Blake, who's your sixth seed? Oof. Yeah, I don't believe in the Panthers, nor Cam Newton at all. Um, <laughs> uh, instead, I do believe in the 49ers, though. Um, I think... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looks pretty good, actually. Um, and if he gets hurt, I think Trey Lance is a hell of an insurance policy. Um, you know, I, I think they have a lot of talent. They're starting to get the run game going. Um, they just crushed the Rams. Um, yeah, I, I believe in them as the sixth seed. The Rams are also my – I mean the Rams. The 49ers are also my sixth seed. Uh, for everything that you just said, and let me – Jimmy Garoppolo is about to fuck around and get the 49ers a first-round pick. <laughs> I mean, someone's – is he in a contract year this year? He's not, right? I don't – I don't – no. He, I, yeah, I'm like 80% sure he's not. <laughs> Somebody is going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. The quarterback class is not good. And maybe it's a team like the Panthers – uh, dude, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a starter in the league next year, and it's probably not going to be for the 49ers. Yeah, he is under contract next year um, until, yeah, through 2022. So, yeah, I think a first-round pick, some team is going to pay up for him. Could be the Panthers. Who knows? Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I'll finish this off. My seven seed is the Saints. This is uh, – uh, first of all, Simeon hasn't been terrible. He, ha- he really has not been terrible. Um, I almost feel like they might be better off starting Taysom Hill. I know Taysom Hill does a lot of different things, but uh, I think Taysom Hill is just as good of a passer as Trevor, Trevor Simeon, and I think he's overall a better football player. Um, but as long as Trevor Simeon keeps playing as well as he is, I mean, it's going to be hard to not start Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon, and the Saints' defense is is good enough to win them football games. Um, so I think that the Saints they squeak into the playoffs here as the seven seed. Uh, Isn't Tony? it so odd that they start Taysom Hill last? Don't even consider it. Or is that just me? I mean, I, it's just funny that Jadenus Winston was the start of this whole year, but last year. They went to Taysom to play a couple games, and it was dog shit. 
And now they're in this spot where they're losing games with Trevor Simeon and Taysom Mills just kind of. Well, uh, they're not. <laughs> they they lost this past week, but they're, they it was a close game against the A. And see the Titans, and they played really well. well they and the, they lost the Falcons still. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, something in my mouth. Um, but Trevor Simeon hasn't played terrible, honestly. Um, I think that um, Taysom Hill healthy that first game after Jameis Winston got hurt. I think Taysom Hill probably would have been the starter. But Simeon started that game and he played well. And Taysom Hill does so many other things. I think. That um, if if you lose Taysom Hill, you kind of lose your. <sighs> it's hard to put into words, really. To just Taysom Hill supplies so much other things for the Saints that um, I think that if you <sighs> almost, I it's really hard to put into words what I'm trying to say, but um, he's just an asset in other <sighs> facets of the game that. Uh, they may they may feel that it's more beneficial not to have him as a starting quarterback. Um, maybe if they lose again this week, or are they off this week? No, I don't know. Whatever. If they lose their next game with Trevor Simeon as their quarterback, I I think it might be Taysom Hill time. I don't know. Uh, let's finish it off, Tony. Who you guys your seven seed? I I got the Niners. I got the Niners. Um, it's not. It wasn't uh, Jay Williams' fault that he had to replace Michael Jordan. It's not Jim. He has to replace. Uh, he's been a fine quarterback. I think he took him to the Super Bowl. And some stretch. And I think uh, I agree with you guys. I I know. I think he was in both of your playoff seeds. Maybe I'm mistaking, but uh, the 49ers. I like the direction they're going. They were dominant against the Rams. I think they're going to keep it up and win enough games to to get into the playoffs. And they need to get healthy down the stretch. I mean, they've they've missed Kittle a couple games. They've had some running back issues. It's not as if it's been a perfect situation for them. So I think as they strengthen, as uh, Garoppolo's going to get more comfortable and uh, they'll win some games. Playoffs. Yep, the Niners was the sixth seed for both of us, so we're right there yeah. with you. Blake, who's your seven seed? I have the Vikings. Uh, I've talked about Kirk Cousins. He's having a great year. Um, some of the games I'm going to run through real quick. Uh, week one, they lost by three points in overtime to the Bengals. The next week, they lost by one point to the Cardinals. They lost by four points to the Cowboys. They lost by three points to the Ravens. Uh, they're they just beat the Chargers. They're in a lot of like a lot of the games they lost. They were right there with like really good teams. Um, you know, you said Kirk Cousins can't win the big game. He's proven that he can't. Um, although he did win a playoff game, but he has proven that he can get teams there. He got a Washington football team team there at least once. Um, he's gotten the Vikings there um, a few times, and I think that trend continues and they sneak into the playoffs as a seventh seed. I don't mind it. I thought about putting them in there, but um, I think the Saints defense just had the edge. But fair enough. Um, so can can we come up with an AFC and NFC championship game and then a Super Bowl prediction? Yes. Can I just ask – I was just curious, and I know we're getting pretty long-winded here, but 
what was your like if we did our next whatever who are the teams you're like man i kind of think they're gonna make the playoffs if if you i have i'll just share or Bengals, Raiders, uh, and the Eagles. I actually think the Eagles are going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. So what were you guys thinking? Uh, I'm with you on what you just said, except for the Eagles. Eagles, because I think of the, the schedule really helped, but that hurts Smith relationship. That's kind of what changed it for me, but – uh, we'll see. Um, I, I considered the teams that I didn't put in that you guys did put in, obviously the Steelers and the Vikings. Um, I didn't write it down, so I'm not really sure But off the top of my head. You know, the Raiders were in consideration. All, all those teams who have winning records currently who I didn't put in the playoff thing. I, you know, they were in consideration. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I had, like, the Bengals in consideration, uh, but besides that. Full disclosure, I did not consider the Colts. Should have. I might have said that I did earlier. Keep sleeping. (laughs) They're terrible. (laughs) I'm getting (laughs) – Okay, um, so for my AFC and NFC championship games, I have the Ravens over the Bills and the Rams (laughs) over the Cardinals. If you're nasty. And then I have the Ravens beating the Rams in the Super Bowl. Write it down. Ravens, Rams, Super Bowl. That's a hot take. Ravens Ravens over the Rams in the Super Bowl. Those are my two number four seeds. No, the Rams are my three seeds. Whatever. Tony, can you give us something like that? Yeah. I got the Titans in the Super Bowl. Right now. Um. And I have the, uh, I have the Bills and championship game. I have Cardinals and the Packers in the NFC championship. Packers over tight. The Titans in the Super Bowl. I'm a believer, man. They as much as I thought it was crazy, I thought King Henry that. So that's that's my. Uh, I mean, they have the the, the train rolling. And I'm shocked, but but they've done it. And yes, when we when we do our predictions next week, I may change it on you. If the Titans win the Super Bowl and Georgia football wins oh, the national no, championship, I didn't say that I said that. Me. Yeah, I'm just saying, just the thought of them being there. I'm like, if the Titans win the Super Bowl and Georgia football wins the national championship, just put me in a grave. I quit. Oh, don't worry about that. Notre Dame's going <laughs> to they're going to beat Georgia. Notre there. Dame. All right, Blake, can you give us something like that? <laughs> Super late, Bowl prediction. Yeah, I got a, uh, I got a, a rematch from a few years ago. I got the, the Patriots-Rams. Um, Patriots. I think Mac Mac Jones is a real deal. Bill Belichick. Uh, actually, I want to speak first and foremost of Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time. Uh, that team is clicking on all cylinders, and I believe we're only seeing the beginning. 
Um, and I believe we're going to see another 20 years of them dominating the AFC, and it starts this year. If Bill Belichick lives 20 more years, we got to have to donate his body to science and find out what he he's has, been eating. He has a son with it that he's the defensive coordinator. I believe. Yeah, he has a he's awesome. Bullet. I love that guy. <laughs> the Belichick reign will continue. Steve Belichick. Love that guy. Yes. All right, gentlemen. Well, we actually are almost at two hours, which is wild. All right. Yeah. It's been a pleasure so, talking to you guys. So thank you again. And uh, we'll uh, talk some more football next week, I'm sure. All right. Yeah. If good. I could just put this last piece of. Bill Belichick will be 89 years old. If he has told the head coach of the Patriots, that's going to be some Futurama head in a glass jar type of shit, I think. Joe Paterno pretty much did it. So, <laughs> Whoa, too <Wow>. soon, too <laughs> soon. I don't think we want to go there on this podcast, my friend. <laughs> All right, boys. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow, great talk. That's the end of the podcast. That's it. That's the end. Turn it off. You can turn it off now. Turn it off. Turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. Bye.